This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast. My name is Adam Jabber. We have a fantastic episode for you today with Brooks Curran. Brooks is a very soft-spoken person. You may not have ever even heard his voice. Um, this is the first time he's done a podcast, but um, he's got some awesome things to say. He's a very cool guy, and I'm fucking psyched that he came on the show. Um, I had bugged him a few months ago to come on, and things didn't really work out. And then this time we actually got to go ride bikes and hang out and chill and do an episode. And, uh, I feel like I could talk to this dude for hours. I, uh, I'm sure you'll get that from this. Um, before we jump into the episode, as usual, we have some show sponsors. Uh, Blizz Eyewear is our sponsor for today's episode. Blizz makes everything from sunglasses to goggles to even little sweatband goggle things. They make everything, man. They, uh, been super psyched to be working with these guys. There's a fly in my office and it's driving me nuts. Um, anyway, Blizz uh, makes some fantastic eyewear, including some photochromic options that I just got a pair of myself in the fusion style. Um, so if you want to save 30% off and get yourself some new shades, which I would highly recommend doing, uh, go to www.enjoywinter.com and uh, we'll have it set up for you. Just use promo code out of bounds uh, for 30% off. The O is capitalized, the O is capitalized, and the B is capitalized. Out of bounds. Got that? Should be easy enough. Um, so, yeah, check out enjoywinter.com. They'll even throw in some free swag for you if you place an order using that promo code and uh, send me a DM with, uh, with your new shades. So, um, that's basically it. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell somebody about the show. Share the episode on social media. Tag us at Out of Podcast. About to hit 10,000 followers, which is cool. Very excited about that. And we've got a new website dropping on Friday. Um, one that doesn't suck. So I'm excited to share that with you guys as well. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, more on that to come. But for now, here is my friend, Brooks Curran. Um, Brooks, tell people who you are. Tell people a little bit about yourself. And, uh, and we'll go from there. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, my name is Brooks Curran. Uh, I'm a Vermonter. I grew up in Waitsfield. Um, Mad River Valley, I guess. Uh, I'm a photographer and yep. a skier at this point um, in the winter. And yeah, pretty much spend all my time trying to find cool places in the woods. <laughs> Sick. Um, first podcast experience? Yeah. Sick. We rode earlier. Um, where do we ride? What's, what's the place called? Uh, we don't have to blow it up. Don't like give specifics, <laughs> but like, no, no, it's, it's mapped. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we're in Waitsfield, Vermont. Um, the trail network is run by the Mad River Riders, Vimba chapter. Okay. Um, the hill is technically Dana Hill and all the trails come off of there. Uh, there's some popular ones that end up at Flatbread and all that. Um, yep. but we dabbled into the less popular ones <laughs> sick yeah it was sick I'm, I'm always super impressed at like the that's like i told you before this is why i do this is like to come out find the trail system ride like get the shit that like people actually 
wood ride and not just like the tourist trap, I guess. So yeah. Even, I mean, even friends from Burlington come down here and they're, they all ride the same thing. And then I'm like, wait, 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 <laughs> take a step back. Like, <laughs> sure. um, so what do you do? Like, what do you do full time? What's the main gig and how did you get to this point? Obviously I know the answers to these questions, but for people who do not know you, because this is, I think this is the first time people are hearing you actually talk like because all your work is like well documented take amazing photos and skier mountain bike like people see your shit everywhere especially in new england right yeah but people don't hear you talk very much so like tell people what you do how you got to this point and uh and what the whole story is um yeah so i, I grew up around cameras my my dad was a a ski photographer and hardcore mountain biker a bit of a like an innovator and the mountain biking scene in Vermont. Um, and he worked for like ski racing magazine shot Olympics and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I was around cameras growing up and I always kind of thought I wanted to be a filmmaker and never really, I don't know if it was specifically photography. Um, but I, I always like had cameras in the hand and played around and I don't know, Photoshop and random things and saw them, but never really like knew that it was something I wanted to do. Um, and then, I don't know, partway through college, I was pretty blown out and over ski racing and didn't, like, thought I was going to go to school to play golf and <laughs> didn't really didn't really like skiing. And I don't know. I guess I didn't, shouldn't say I didn't like skiing, but I was like, the, t- the type of skiing, I didn't really, I was kind of lost and yeah, I, I, I liked skiing, but didn't really like the, the format of racing and any of that. Um, so no organized ski thing had ever quite clicked for me. Um, and so, yeah, I like would, would go out with him and he'd work with, you know, local resorts and, and brands and stuff. And I'd model for them. And then in college, I was like surrounded by a bunch of ripping skiers all from like, Mad River Glen and, and around, uh, around here and I never knew about that scene until I was at UVM and they were on the the free ride ski team um and I was like okay like this is cool go ski around with them and I always like cameras and they they were filming with Ski the East and stuff at the time and they were like why don't we go do our own thing and so I kind of was thrown into it doing that yeah yeah it's like yeah I know how to use a camera (laughs) yeah dude and the free ride scene has kind of blown up since then too like how old are you now uh, 27. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's like in the last five years, six years, seven years, it feels like free ride has been, has become the thing. Like it's like the cool thing to do. It's like you can put the photos on social. They're on, like they're, they're just available everywhere. And it's like, it's kind of become the, especially in Vermont. It's like the cool shit to do is to like go hike Mansfield, take photos, get that early morning shot. And like, it, it's become a thing. I just, I don't remember that being a thing. 10 years ago, like when I was growing up, cause I'm kind of like in the same boat where like, I, I didn't really think I wanted to do skiing that much or like be that involved in skiing when I was 15. And then like you get to 20 and you're like, this is all I want to do. This is the only thing I want to do. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I never really identified with, I grew up racing and I, you know, a bit passionate about it, but I didn't want it to be the only thing I did in life. And that at, you get to a point in high school age where it's like either you dedicate every day, all day to it, or you're not really going anywhere in the sport. Yeah. Um, and I never really identified with park skiing. And I was like, I don't know. So as soon as you like find 
a type of skiing that can be anything you want it to be, it's it's pretty cool. Totally. And I think it's much like it it's exactly what you just said. It's anything you can want it like that you want it to be. It's free. You're you can do what you want and it still be cool. Like but that's it seems like that should have been obvious. Like for years it seems like that's what we should have been doing because that's what most people do. Most people just go out and they ski with their buddies and they try to get sick shit and they like try dumb things and like that's that's what people want to do. It's just you're doing it at a higher level now, but that's so much more relatable to especially like the ski the east crowd, right? Yeah. So that's how you get I don't know. That's that seems like the content that people should have been creating all along, I guess, in this industry. Because who the fuck cares about ski racing anymore? Honestly, like people do. Obviously, brands do somehow. Like for like, there's a lot of money that goes into ski racing. It costs a lot, but I don't know. I don't give a shit about ski racing. I don't know that many people that are still like, ski racing is the thing. That's what we want to do going forward. You're starting to see more and more free ride programs. You're starting to see this shit like pop up everywhere now. Yeah, it's super interesting to see kids like being in a free ride program from the yeah. start. And like there was, you know, there'd be kids who did bump skiing and stuff like that. And there were freestyle teams and they maybe a park like slope style oriented or half pipe even at the time. Right. Um, but it was pretty much either you go and do like the weekend program at the resort and it's like, who knows what there's no like high level skiing going on or you're in racing yeah and now you can pick like a high level path from the start <laughs> yeah totally and i mean it look it looks like the shit it's it's funny like when i think about east coast skiing a lot of times i think of individual photos that either you or dave or a bunch of other people have taken and it's like that one turn pow photo like that's kind of like blown up the scene it's like looking for that like one turn wonder type thing the marketing turn if you will seems like what people are looking for like so i guess i want to ask you is that a thing you look for as a photographer is it a thing you look for as a skier to kind of find that like that one good turn that's going to look good in a photo like is that still is that a motivation for you at all I think you look for it more as a photographer than as a skier. Um, I think that's the aspect of like ski photography that works for me is if you, if you have your spots where you can like pick a few turns, then you get to ski the rest of the run. Mm. And it's not so much that like it's the only place. It's that it's that place that's not going to get tracked out all day or you can go ski like, get that shot and then go ski an entire run of that and like not worry about that one spot getting, you know, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> so there definitely is a lot of like one turn and milking it for what it is, but keeping it to that one turn means that you can go spend the rest of your day skiing and not worrying about like creating something out of it. Yeah. Um, and then you have that spot in the back of your pocket. You're like, oh, like last run of the day, we're pretty tired. Like maybe we'll go. Yeah. I don't know. Skiing's actually really good today. We could probably make something cool. And as you get like hmm. worn down throughout the day, you're like, wow, maybe we'll like go grab a camera from the car. <laughs> I think that's the best answer you could have given. <laughs> or like pull it out of my backpack. Yeah, I don't dude. know. It's I, I, I end up skiing with a camera a lot. And now that I'm like, I do a lot more POV stuff. Yeah. And creating content is just going skiing yeah in a way that 
that when I first started doing photography, you're like running around and like if you tried to get up the lift first thing on a pow day and try and get an inspiring photo, you <laughs> just by the time you get your camera out of your bag, the whole run has yeah. been tracked out. Like it. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a weird thought because I think from the outside, people will look at that photo, like photos that you'll get right where it's like, you get three inches on Mansfield and it looks like it's a foot, right? Cause you get that bit and they're like, Oh, he's got to be hunting that one photo all day long. But like that answer where you're like, Oh, I just want to go skiing is the best answer. I think that you can give. Right. Yeah. Like, Cause your goal is still to go skiing. And if you get the shot, cool. But the goal is to go skiing. Yeah, and and there is a like a certain level at this point. There is a certain level of requirement to to produce a shot, right? Um, and I really do like the process of of finding a place and you're looking for like this scene, and then it's just place a skier in it, and and yeah. like you're like hunting all over, and in doing so, you're getting to go ski all these cool things, and certain things might not look as good, but they'll ski better. Yeah. So you're you're looking at things from like two different perspectives, and and I'm always thinking about the way like something might frame up with a skier in the corner of a shot and stuff like that. Yeah, I was I was that was my next question was like are you thinking about this actively as you're skiing? It's like when you go and you ski a new place for the first time, are you like, oh, where can I, like, what looks cool here? Where could you place a skier in the shot and it look, I don't know, inspiring, I guess, is the right word. It's like, where can you go yeah. to make it somebody else look at that shot and go, I want to go, ski. like, I want to go there. It's always in the back of my mind. And I, I mean, I've been inspired by, photography and stuff all my life and I've been surrounded by it so it hasn't always felt like this 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 wild thing but then you you dive into it and you're <laughs> it's like a constant thing <laughs> in <Yeah>. my mind <laughs> I don't think I've ever gone it like even even mountain biking just like riding with friends you're you're just I'm constantly thinking about oh like this section of ferns is epic and like yeah <laughs> Is there someone that comes to mind to you as a photographer that you look up to that you're like, oh, this person takes shots that I really admire. His view or her view of this particular shot is I, I look up to, I guess. Is is that a thing for you? Or do you just look for your own your own way to see things? You you have to look for, I mean, at least here you have to look for a bit of your own way to see things because we don't we don't get this, the same things that have always, like I look at like powder covers and you're like, okay, like Lee Cohen, it's just like the texture of the snow. Totally. And, and like we get snow like that sometimes, but like something about it, like you feel that like the balls of, of pow like coming at you yeah. in those photos. Like those, those are cool. And those are the kind of thing that, a lot of times you can almost get there here. And that's kind of what I've tried to, to show because it's like, okay, you, like, I need to go somewhere I can make that. And then you're like, mm -hmm. wait a sec, I can, can kind of do it here. But then things like, I don't know, like the guy Oscar who shoots with, um, shoots with, with like Marcus Kasten okay, a lot yeah. in, in like Eng Engelberg, what is, what's that place? It's in like Switzerland. They ha they always oh, have like yeah, all the yeah, yeah, those yeah. ski mag covers from it. Yeah. They like one year it was like 
he had like four or five different covers and mags across the world from like <laughs> this this one month that they're out there shooting and it's crazy shadows and and like shooting from a ridge line down on things and with like a deep blue shadow in the background and a puff of light where the snow is like roosting off the skis and you get to play with light and and stuff in a way um in like big alpine open landscapes that you you don't in the woods in vermont i guess Mm. yeah it's not open here that's like people tell me all the time like whenever i'll go out west to like do an interview or ride with somebody the first thing i tell people is like it's not that much like the terrain is not that crazy different than what's in vermont or new hampshire or even like for mountain biking in mass like it's super techy there's fun shit to ride like the shit we rode today is like some of the best shit like you could go anywhere and it just be a different style of that same shit it's just the views are different how open the areas are out west like the landscape is totally different than what we have here but at the same time we have foliage and we have like all the shit that looks pretty like without you doing any of the work like it's just it's there just i don't know it's kind of like set up for you already yeah it's just a different scale i think everything is i don't know a bit shrunk down maybe but like you can ski cool ours here even like yeah. i never thought about that growing up totally <laughs> has your has never, your... never saw any of it <laughs> yeah you don't know it dude that's like it's funny we were talking about like social media and how it's like good and bad and i've talked about this so much that people's ears are probably bleeding but like you're you find new lines by like watching a brooks current shot or like a pov clip you see a line that like you wouldn't have seen before right it's like you have so much access to new information so much access to finding these spots that I don't remember seeing growing up. I don't remember anybody being like, Oh, here's where I'm skiing today. That wasn't a thing. Like you'd have to know the guy to know the guy or like find it on some weird forum on the internet. And like, you're like really hunting it. Now yeah. it's like there. And a lot of the things I do ski, I've really hunted and I hate being that guy that like tries not to give things away, but like <laughs> I actively think about what's in the background of every one of my POV clips and yeah, if somebody like blatantly calls out a line in the comments, there's there's just no need for it. Yeah. Like these places are special because to me, half the battle is in like the payoff is finding them. Yeah. And that feeling of like going and skiing something is is nowhere near as cool if you found it in a comment and somebody drew you a map mm. t- to it and like tagged the location and all that and I mean, the whole, like, tagging locations and blowing up spots and, like, issues with our national parks and all that is, like, like, a whole loaded discussion. But I try and remain a bit neutral on it and, and yeah, at least not. I mean, the people that know and and deserve to know and are, like, frankly, have the ability to go get themselves there will figure it out. None of it's a secret. None of it's hard. Yeah, it's it's work and you got to put in the time and I stare at maps and yeah. <laughs> like I have three different map apps on my phone and they come out of my pocket frequently and I figure out all that stuff and I look analyze people's photos and I'm like, what's that thing in the background? Oh, it must have been there. Yeah. And I share it back and forth with my friends and I'm sure my posts are shared to the same people. And if people are willing to put in that effort, I've. I have no issue with them going and like skiing my line or like, you know, it is no secret. 
I guess that's what my next question is, is like, how do you determine, like, if somebody goes and they ask you in your DMs, like, oh, where is it? Will you tell them? Or you're just like, like, how do you even answer that, I guess, without being like, because you don't, my thing, and it has been for a little while, is like trying to get more people into this, right? But what you don't want is, like you said, somebody there that shouldn't be there, like that doesn't have the ability to be there, that skiing line that is above their above their level, I guess, and they're now in a dangerous situation, and they put other people in a d- dangerous situation. How do you determine whether somebody is, like, at, like you actually should be sharing this with them or not? Or do you just, like, blanket, just n- not answer? I mean, unless it's a, like, close friend, I pretty much don't, like, discuss locations. It's just unnecessary. Yeah. I think that if there's, or I mean, we're lucky in a way that, like, if you do want to find somewhere, you you can go do it. There's resources for just about any, especially in like the whites and stuff. There's totally there's there's a man with a ski shop. He will take you there. Yeah, there's like, there's maps of things that I've never even heard of. Yeah. Um, and we are like there is enough information for people to go have unique experiences. Yeah. And. And I, I don't feel like I'm, like, keeping anything from anyone. I just think that, like... People should put the work in that you put in. in well, that's... To... Yeah, that's that's what that's why it's so fun. Yeah. I wouldn't... I enjoy it, too. Like, I enjoy... See, I told you earlier, like, one of the things I love the most about this show is that people show me places, right? Yeah. And to me, the work that I'm putting in is this part, right? Like, I got here. We're doing the conversation, now I get to do the cool thing, right? Like we're doing each other a solid, we're trading services almost in a way, which is like a weird way to think about it. But I just, I don't know. It's so, because there's so many guidebooks out there now, there's so, there's so much information that I kind of worry. I don't know, I'm worried, dude. Like so many people bought touring setups last year that are either going to use them or not use them at all. And it's like, they don't know how the shit works. Shit's complicated. It requires education. Otherwise, you're in a dangerous situation. So, like, I, I don't know. This isn't even really a question, but, like, what do we do about that thing? Because the industry is actively pushing touring gear, right? It's the hottest growing segment in skiing right now, it feels like. I'm sure that's true, but I don't have the numbers to back that up. Um, it's, it's hot right now. So, but there's so many people who think they can just go fucking skin up the mountain and access whatever they want right and especially because like people like myself people like you are using it to promote our own brands it they're like where how do i give me that i want it it's right there i can see it how do you not perceive like i worry about being perceived as a dick when i like don't share with people so my question is like how do you deal with that like how do you deal with you just don't care is that like, I, I, I mean, yeah, I like constantly think about the way I'm perceived. I don't. I do assume you? everyone does. Yeah, I do. All I, the time. I'm like, dude, I want to share everything, but I also like want you to do the work. Like, how do you say that? You in know how way? long you sit and think about the caption you're gonna post with something, or whether, <laughs> or whether like this framing gives too much away. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I hate to be this way, but like I. I've put in the time to find all the places. So I don't really feel like I'm taking anything or like hiding anything or taking anything away from anyone. There's plenty of resources to find recreation opportunities and frankly are more suited for most people who are. Yeah, for sure. 
just directly asking. Like I spent all of college with my friends going out on the rainy days and hiking straight up lines and figuring out entrances and all that. And, you know, now you have a list of 20 places you can go on any given morning and it's just what order do you want to do them in? Totally. And yeah, it's kind of, it's annoying to have to like toe that line. And especially with people who are your friends and you're like, yeah. it just sort of like this line isn't going to ski well with 10 people. Like, yeah. That's the thing. If you're the 10th person down, this is like going to be like, I wouldn't want to go down it. Yeah. <laughs> so you get yourself uh, into these situations and it's, you almost feel like liable to a certain extent when you're like telling people information and yeah, dragging them with you. I, I spent a lot of time just hiking around in the notch this year because I didn't, I didn't have a pass on weekends at Stowe. And so I just go like hike lines and you can get to them just as easily from the lift or, yeah. and once you're in there and off of the road. Yeah. But people don't, people don't have crampons. Yeah. So you go like you're boot packing yeah. <laughs> up, you're boot packing up a line and people get halfway up it. And then you, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to keep going, but then, like, I'm above you and putting you in danger, and it just turns into this whole mess because there's straight-up avalanche danger there. Yeah, totally. It's there's definitely spots. It's, it's wind-loaded on top of ice bulges that roll. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's great. Like, it's great people are out there. Um, yeah. But I, I do think that the people who... Who like have the right equipment and education, um, they'll find their way without like needing to ask me in a DM. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels silly because it's like you're just telling people to do the work. Yeah. But like people take it as like, oh, like they're high like or like gatekeep. Yeah. Somebody asked me about gatekeeping earlier, and I'm like, I hate that term because it's so loaded with like so much other shit. It's like the only gatekeeping right now is information and it's access to information but the information is all out there like it's all you can go find this shit so what's the problem right like if anybody needs gear there's ways to get the the only barrier i guess for a lot of people is just being able to figure out the right way to get that product it's like you can go to like a ski swap and buy gear super cheap make it happen for yourself and like go out there but people don't even know that so it's hard to get them to like that next step if they don't even know where to start sometimes. And I guess that's the only problem I have with this whole thing. But at the same time, it's like, that's not the dude who's going up at skiing Mansfield at 6 a.m. You know, like, it's not. Like Mike Hayes? Yeah, guy. Exactly, dude. <laughs> Every fucking day. Dude. Talk about things that are inspiring. Yeah, that guy <laughs> is a psychopath. Like, yeah. he is, I mean, he's what? Like, in the office by 8 a.m., done skiing, has already skied, like, a full lap. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, we were talking earlier about how there's a lack of inspiring content and it's, you feel like there's so many more important things you could talk about and all yeah. that stuff. And yeah, everything you see him, talk oh, about, you're like, okay. there's very few people that deserve to blow up. <laughs> like that dude, is, he's a good dude. He's genuine. He's nice. He's a ripping good skier. Yeah. He's a great cyclist. Like can't say enough good things about the dude. Like I've never heard somebody be like, oh, Mike Hayes is a dick. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's a great guy and he fucking rips and he's in, he's skiing before you, he's at work before you and he's like, the dude's an athlete. I mean, that kind of shit is, uh, is truly inspiring. Yeah, I've DM'd with him a little bit. Just, just this year was the first time like talking about random lines. You should, you, <laughs> you haven't skied with him at all? 
we've like crossed paths in the like in the middle of nowhere off of Mansfield a couple times. That's the New England hookup, dude. That's, you and my need to get together and do some yeah, shit. Yeah, I, like. I mean we we've talked for sure. Um, but I don't think we've ever intentionally skied together. No, no, it's yeah. he's he's I haven't even. Oh, met actually, him. I I got to ski with him this spring. Actually, randomly, he was at Sugarbush after Stowe was closed. We like when one trail was open, and he yeah. was testing out some J skis and stuff. Yeah, and I skied a couple runs with him, but I haven't. Yeah, otherwise. Dude, my thing is he's out there alone all the time. Yeah, like, it's wild. There. It's crazy. I like to at least have one other person. One other body to, like, make sure you don't die is cool, yeah. man. Like, maybe, like, you know, call somebody, let them know you're out there. Mike Hayes doesn't give a shit. Like, he's just out there by himself in the middle of Tux, like, hanging out. He's just like, this is the top of the world. Here's my GoPro video. Like, it's uh, it's pretty insane. Yeah. But that, yeah, those type of people are uh, few and far between in the ski industry, I guess. Is, okay, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit to the mountain bike side of things do you have like what do you look for in mountain biking you said you're most you told me earlier you're mostly shooting mountain bike stuff now what what do you look for in a shot what's different about shooting mountain biking versus shooting skiing like what's the i don't know what what are you looking for as a photographer when you're shooting an event you're shooting content is what are you looking for i guess is the question I guess the like similarities is you like you're trying to find especially in the east coast like some grit to it where it's like you know it's icy or like it's muddy and and you're like trying to have an aspect of that story is always really cool yeah um and like mountain biking it's you know it's lush and you're showing off the green and yeah um but I guess the intricacies is like skiing is both take a lot of planning um and mountain biking you you can i feel like at least you can you can pay attention to light a lot more than you have the luxury to do in skiing it's way less of a finite resource in terms of like locations to shoot because a pow shot only happens once um like truly especially in vermont like there's there's one turn literally to yeah and i guess like a lot of that is like why i've ended up in front of a camera like i i mean i was surrounded by like some rad skiers in college and like they made skiing like shooting skiing a fun process because they would nail it and like yeah they'd come up with things and stuff and it's it's really hard to find people and like surround yourself with people who like get the process are willing to like put the time in a lot of the ripping of skiers here couldn't care less about like giving their time to be in front of a camera yeah um so it's like finding somebody who can who's like willing to put in the effort and like hike for that shot and 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 then they're gonna nail it first time yeah and in skiing it's like yeah photographer has to nail it and skier and it's a lot of like pre-focusing and planning and like you got one opportunity a lot and of you're small shit too, and right? you're like you're running to that spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in mountain biking, it's a lot more waiting. You almost never in in skiing like it is one frame, or like a you know it's series and you pick the best frame. But in in mountain biking, it's like half the time you have a rider just like ride through a section of trail and you're like yeah I want to shoot this, and you're either waiting for the light or you like figure out like the shape and what's the shape of the action and what's happening 
and and it's like an ongoing collaborative process where you're like you, you can be like oh like can you like lean the bike a little bit more or like lean it a little bit later in the turn or like we'll just wait for this like you know we'll come back again and and like an hour later sometime next week yeah. and the light will like line up better. So, and you just have, yeah, you have a lot more opportunity, I guess, in mountain biking and, and it develops, it unfolds in front of you in a way that shooting like a high, high action ski shot doesn't. And it also seems like, like to me as an amateur, like I'm looking at it from the outside and I'm like in skiing, it seems like the form of the person matters a lot more. Like, the way that they portray them, like, the, where their hands are, right? That's always, like, the big, it's like, people that drop their hands look like shit in a photo, right? We all know this. The positioning matters a lot more in skiing. In mountain biking, I feel like it's pretty easy to look cool if you're ripping a lot. Like, you can have shittier form. And tell me if I'm wrong. Like, I feel like you can have shittier form on a mountain bike and the shot come out okay still. Yeah, I mean, if... On a, skis if there's dirt kicking up off your tires and you can tell that a rider's going fast there's yeah it looks cool there's very few things you can do to like mess that up yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and in skiing it's like i mean i i shoot mostly ideally untracked pow skiing and you're like looking for that perfect moment before like a person's totally disappearing and like pole basket has to be up and like yeah. i've heard crazy stories of like guys like marcus caston like literally just like training like pole plants and like for photos yeah that's oh, insane yeah. hands that's, down that's fucking crazy and but like i'm it, it kind of makes sense to a certain extent like the photo only works as if the body is positioned in that way no, and it's totally. only it's yeah. only like for, for me the biggest thing is like I can tell when a photo is like a slash turn or like it's actually good snow yeah. and stuff like that. And so like if your skis are running parallel and chests at the camera and the pole baskets out and like it looks like you're just trenching through snow. Yeah. But like if you're just kicking your skis sideways and a wave of snow is like getting pushed towards the camera and like blocking you and you're not actually skiing through it and it's like hitting your chest and stuff, uh. it's not... It's like, okay, I just kicked your ski sideways. And I can do that in, like, <laughs> GoPro videos yeah. and, and, like, white room the camera and make snow look great. But, like, I can't bring myself to, like, slash in a ski photo because yeah. I, like, I know. Yeah, you know and you know somebody <laughs> else I don't know. Knows. Well, yeah, somebody else knows. Who, who knows if yeah. it matters but, like, to, like, the general population. But, like, God forbid I ever slash for it. And I'm also not, I'm also not very, I'm not very good at slashing either. My friend Dylan, who I used to shoot with, and and Tim, they like both Mad River skiers growing up, and they they had a way of like just like throwing their skis sideways and then like skiing through the cloud in like a normal like turn position, and it was incredible to me. Yeah. Still, where there it's like puff of snow and then like ski through it like a normal turn, and it looks like you just did a turn in deep snow, and yeah. I can't. I'm just like, yeah, lay it over like a racer and like have my chest to the camera and hope. Yeah. <laughs> How much of being a photographer has helped your skiing in front of the camera? Like, do you, those things, I mean, obviously, oh, absolutely. Your head, right? Yeah. It's got to make it way better for like you as the athlete being shot. You have to make, you have to be a photographer's dream in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, I know or exactly. Maybe they're yeah. nightmare. I mean, I don't know because maybe you're like, <laughs> your fucking settings are wrong, your shit's wrong, your shit's this. I don't know. But I mean, you tell me. It's fun. 
it's fun skiing in front of a camera, especially with Dave, who's an incredible mountain bike photographer, and he had never shot skiing really before this past winter or so. Yeah. Um, it's so, like I'm not worried about him blowing the shot, and he's gonna come up with, he's gonna come up with his own creative framing and stuff like that, and I'm there to be like. Yeah, make sure that like my chest is at the camera because as soon as as soon as your bases are facing a camera or you're coming out of a turn, it's just like a wall of white. Yeah. So the photo doesn't work if you're not like lined up in the in the right way. So like the only like I do like a little bit of collaborating on making sure, but he'd see most of the shots or we'd be racing towards a shot and we'd see it together and be like that's going to work. It's fun collaborating with people who've like, like I'm seeing it as a photographer too, and they are, and it's yeah. like basically having two photographers' minds, and then like all I have to do is go make a turn. <laughs> has, has there ever been a time when you were like, uh, dude, like do this or do that? Like not with Dave, but like with like in front of the camera. Have you ever been like, this could be done this way? I should do, I, and you don't need to name names, but like, are there situations where you're like, oh, I wish this photo was shot this way of me? Yeah, I don't hesitate to like coach people, yeah. especially people who like don't necessarily like do it, shoot as much skiing and, yeah. and stuff like that. And it's mostly, I mean, they can come up with like their own vision for like the framing and all that. Yeah. But like, I want to at least let you know where I'm going to look best and tell yeah. you where to focus and you know are people receptive to that for the most part yeah, yeah. nobody's been like fuck I don't know you how... brooks like nobody's been like i don't know how well you'd make it in the outer industry if you weren't i don't know i don't maybe know. i'm just surrounded by great people i was gonna say maybe you're surrounded <laughs> by nice guys like i i feel like i always look for that like criticism because yeah. there's always something you can do better and there's always somebody who has a different view on what you're doing. Even if like 99% of the shit they say is wrong. Yeah. That 1% is useful to you. Take that and move forward. Like that's kind of like how I, I don't know, grew up learning things, I guess. So it's, it's always interesting to me though, to know how the interaction is between other people, between other photographers, like photographers that can ski. What do you do when you're in front of the photo? Is there a lot of coaching that goes on? Is that a thing? Like, is there any like animosity between you and the photographer if you're like, no, get the shot here. <laughs> I mean, a little bit less so in skiing because it's like, okay, you, there's no, there's no real coaching after a shot unless you like have more shots right. to create. Because skiing, it's like it's one and done. There's a lot more collaboration in mountain biking. How so? You know, you're constantly looking at the rider's shape, and you're like, you're like, okay, like framing didn't quite work. You're often trying to like use lines and stuff that like that leads you into the rider, whether it's framing between trees or it's some aspect of the landscape and, mm -hmm. and drawing the attention to the action. And you're like, okay, like the rider may not have done anything wrong, but they just needed to do, to do whatever they were doing, whether it's like a manual or jumping yeah. off of something and clicking a table, like they are exiting and like leaning into a berm and they just need to lean a little bit later, a little bit earlier for the shot to work yeah. ideally. And oftentimes it's like, it just doesn't work because like that's the way the shape like not the way the shape of the trail works yeah um, and you often end up doing like these weird things that you wouldn't normally do and like maybe you get into that position just a little bit later but it didn't work out for the framing of the photo so you're like awkwardly like turning a little mm -hmm. bit earlier okay. at, there's there's a lot of like nitpicky little things do you if you could nail the shot 
as the skier or as the photographer, which gets you more excited? Oof. <laughs> Honestly, because like I, that's one of the first things I thought about when I was like, oh, I'm going to talk with you. It's like, I want to know because you're a great photographer and you're a great skier. And like what? Because to me, I'm a shitty photographer, right? Like when I take a good photo, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's sick. I think I suck at mountain biking and skiing equally. And like, I am like, I feel okay about my line, you know? Like, I'm like, all right, that was cool if I do something cool, right? But I don't like fucking get actually like amped up about it ever, you know? Like, I'm like, I'm psyched for myself, but it ends there. When I get a good photo, I like show it to my mom, you know? That's how I know it's cool, like of someone else. I, I, now that you mentioned that when you're like talking about, when you're like showing it up yeah definitely shooting photos i remember i first time i ever like worked with dave reddick at powder um they were doing an article on stow um and we were out shooting with with my friends from college and um and jamie walter who's a, a good friend photographer like he's the shit passed along the project it was like yeah brooks will be great at it and i had never done anything like that like shot for a national international publication or anything like that and i was like yeah sure i could do it <laughs> i remember like the first <laughs> phone call i ever had reddick was like oh just yeah just give me a ring like we'll like chat details and i was like I had no idea what I was diving into. I had no idea like what if there was like a rate to the project or anything. I was just like, yeah, I'll go shoot whatever. And then I remember the first we were we were filming a ski the east edit, um, and one of the cameras broke. So we were like, okay, like we'll just go shoot photos now. And it was like three thirty, four o'clock, last run of the day. We went off in the notch and we're like in what's basically photo zones at this point. Like, everything else is skied out. And I remember this shot of Dylan that I took, and it was, I was like, yep, that's it. That's the first one that, like, that's the first one that I know is is yeah. going to make it. And it was like, I mean, a certain sense of relief, because I'm like, okay, that, that belongs. Yeah. And I never, I was like, I have no idea what I can do. But, like, clearly, like, somebody... Somebody trusted me enough to, like, put their word on, like, suggesting me to, to Dave. And, you know, like, I must be good enough, maybe. <laughs> but yeah. you don't really know until you've, like, captured that. And you're like, okay, now, like, what's the rest of it? And sure enough, that was, like, a two-page spread That's in so the first powder edition of that year. And the article on Stowe wasn't even until the fourth edition that year. So it was, got printed totally separately. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, huh. and I knew it right then. Like when you got the shot. You knew yeah, when I, you shot I, the I shot. Literally, I literally, like, I like sprinted over and I was like, that's it. I know it. And then there's a, this one other shot of my friend Parker that in the notch with like this big blue ice bulge all the way down the side and now Patagonia's bought it like four times. and like, That's sick. I don't know if it ever got run in a magazine. Um, I feel like I've seen a bunch of photos of Parker that you've taken. Because yeah. Like they look, it, it also must be some credit to him, too. Like, it must just look good in these photos, because or he's skiing with you a lot. I don't yeah. know which one it is. Parker's one of those. It's super interesting. Parker's, we were talking about, like, coaching and stuff like that. 
I've been such a hard ass too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the kid is an absolutely mind blowing skier. Like, yeah. like just ripping down a lift line at a ski resort, like where everybody's skiing twenty bumps, he's he's hit three of them, and it's just like. And like, like I ski in that way somewhat, but like he does it to a completely different level. Yeah. And so like I'm like okay, this this kid like he was way younger than me, and like now we're great friends. But like, it's like okay, like this kid rips, and then yeah. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, you guys should like get him on some Nordicas and like I'll shoot with him. But I had never shot with him. I didn't yeah. really know. And he is like the biggest head case ever. And he like freezes in front of a camera and like, and he's, he's gotten it a lot better at this point, yeah. but like for a while it was like how, like, like over and over again, like dropping the inside hand or augering yeah, in and yeah, like yeah. all this stuff. And it's like, I just watched you absolutely blow my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're doing this in front of a camera. Does that happen a lot? Does that happen to you with other people too? Like, do you find that people, as soon as you pull that, because for I mean, me, it makes me anxious. Yeah. I mean, more, more and more now that I've done it. But like, as I said, like my friend, Tim, Dylan, Noah, Marcus, like all of them that I shot with in college, I was just like, it was almost easy. I didn't think that it was such a big deal to like yeah, you were just ski for camera. a photo. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, I've, I'm sure I've become way more of a perfectionist now that I've been both sides of the I'm lens sure. and like. I'm sure. <laughs> but I maybe I just had it easy for a while. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you ski do photography get that way. is yeah. I, but it's it's funny. It's funny to me when people get like that with this like we were yeah. talking it's like this makes talking into a mic makes people nervous sometimes because you're like oh, i don't know it's gonna make talking me about myself sucks. talking about myself <laughs> like we, we the first thing we said to each other today was like oh like we have to talk about our like we have to like promote our own shit it's like i don't want to promote anything like i never want to promote myself it's it's hard to do sometimes yeah so. i mean that's what i struggle most with as a photographer it's like going out and seeking work and and like thinking that you're good enough yeah, is that's still a constant struggle for you, even though you've seen the shit printed and you've seen like you've had some. So I said like life. I freaked out. I mean, this was years ago on that that powder article, but like I freaked out until I had that shot, and then I remember it was it was that that big. Um, can't remember the name of the storm. I'm gonna kick myself for it now. Stella. Oh yeah, yeah. dude. So it was the first day or two of that we were at stowe and then we were like it all lined up we were gonna go like jeff mcdonald was getting back out to go film again the first first yeah. time i had ever filmed with him because i got in after he was done filming with ski the east stuff yeah and he was gonna come out and film with us at jay because they couldn't find anybody else and i remember i like edited the photos and fired them off to reddick and we had had like a couple emails back and forth, but he sent this like stream of consciousness in like four different emails and was like asking for, I mean, he's really good as I was talking about with the editorial stuff and like showing emotion. And like, I think that that's like the hardest level of photography yeah. is like thinking about the moments in between that seems so insignificant to me because I go out and do them every day. Yeah. And like, trying to convey that through a lens and like how you know that that like you're just like completely soaked in like all the all these like textures and feelings that are going on throughout a day of skiing not just the action shot 
and for me, like I've always just looked at like that peak action and like the pow flowing over people's shoulders framed amongst these like beautiful snow cake mm-hmm. trees or like in this epic light. And he's he, so good at finding the like the story of skiing beyond that. Yeah. And I remember like, so I sent him like a few action shots early on. He was like, yeah, they're pretty, like pretty good. You know, whatever. Yeah. And I was feeling like, okay. And that was the first action shot that I knew I had. And I shot a bunch of other stuff that day. It was like snooking snow. And yeah, there was like the Mansfield, like oldest ski patrol in North yeah. America with like, you know, ski patrol coming out the door <laughs> and all these like lift lines and like, like this train of like 30 people skating out of the notch. And I was like, I was like, okay, like I'm starting to get the in-between stuff. And I'm like forcing myself to think about the story more than just that peak action. Mm. And like I thought I was like pretty proud of myself for that. <laughs> and he sent me this like stream of consciousness and was like, like we need more of the story and all this stuff. And I like remember I woke up the next morning and I was like, what the, f- like, what the fuck did I do wrong? Yeah. <laughs> and like long story short he hadn't downloaded the photos <laughs> yeah i hadn't looked at them and then i think like i think like maybe maybe he even responded that night or like i don't know and was like oh this is like you're like you're right on the right track and he's always been great about pushing for that kind of stuff yeah. but <laughs> that was i remember That's and i was waking up that morning um our friend Noah like couldn't come ski. So it was just like Tim and Dylan and, and Jeff was like, Oh, do you want to ski in front of the camera too? Yeah. And I was like, I had never done it. For, I would always go on the ski, these shoots and like shoot photos yeah. of my friends who are being filmed by them. Right. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I had like a full camera bag on and got to go like in big J we did one, 10 hour lap and I got to ski every line first. And then, <laughs> go boot pack over and we were like i don't know if you've ever skied big j it's not it's got one pitch that's properly steep and we're in i think it snowed like 60 inches or something and jeff we all had skins and jeff boot packed across there was like 10 10 foot tall wind drifts (laughs) people hadn't been over there in like three days so anyway, I like got I was like all of a sudden like skiing for for the ski that you said it. And I was like, okay, like yeah, I guess I'm a skier now too. That's hilarious. What what have you been bootpacking with, by the way? I've been me what are what are those crampons that look like cinder blocks that you've been using? Uh, they're called ascent plates. What is why? What are the, Billy, what's the benefit? Billy go, you don't sink anywhere near as much. Okay. So um, for like okay, for the fresh stuff it's yeah, better to use. I, yeah. I had no idea it what makes, they even were. I it saw makes life you'd... a million times easier. No shit. Okay. And you can still use, so there's like a lot of snowboarders use these things called verts. They're yeah. like small snowshoes. Yeah. Those are just as good, probably better for boot packing and soft snow. But with the scent plates, you can use crampons. So when you're like going up a couloir, like starting to get onto mixed like ice and stuff, you, your crampon toe is still coming out mm. the front of it. So Got you get it. the okay. support, but like you're still, yeah, you get still that. on crampons in the way that you need to be. Got it. Um, that's a question for me, not even a question no. for the show necessarily. <laughs> I just, I've looked at it and I was like, ah, uh, and I'm like, I don't care. I'll find out eventually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, 
getting into happy to answer those kind of questions yeah all day dude gear <laughs> questions i feel like those are gimmicks. if you're like, in it if you're in it enough to know that you might need something like that then sure yeah, I, yeah. I was like what is the benefit of this thing it looks heavy as fuck it looks like it'll just stack snow the whole time they're like, pretty that, sharp and annoying in a in a bag it's hard to figure out like camera that's and the all thing, that is stuff like bringing all that stuff on it sometimes i worry about it it's just being too much stuff like i'm i don't know i i like a minimalist routine usually well, like, i often I, shed the water bottle for a camera so I, yeah i'm all about that <laughs> um for people that want to get into one of the hardest things to get into in this industry is figuring out like how to ask for money how to ask how to put a product out there that's worth getting paid for the av- the correct avenues to go through to like find your way you know so to speak how how did you do that how do you recommend people do that because like i tell people all the time for me it's like i had the in at the shop I used my connections and like you figure shit out as best as you can with what you have. But like, I wish there was an easier path for a lot of people because so many talented people leave the industry for better paying shit because they don't know how to get paid at all. Right. Like they don't know how to make money in this industry. Right. But it's like, it's different if Microsoft is just going to give you a check for like just fucking putting anything out there. Right. They have more money to spend. It's like, how do people differentiate themselves? How do people make those connections? How do people, how do people kind of find their way? Like you're now start like you're you're a social guy now. Like you're on social media, you're making the connections, and people look. I can't tell you how many times I've heard your name this year, like a bunch, and I don't like for no reason other than people are just bringing you up to like, oh, did you see the thing Brooks did the other day? Oh, I saw Brooks you know, on Instagram. Oh, I saw this thing. How do you get to the point where people give a shit about you, I guess? I going out and doing it, I guess. That's I mean, and it's kind of and, a loaded question because yeah. like I we just talked about the fact that like none of us think we're worth two shits to talk about at all, you know, but how do you get to the point where you I don't can know. Be with yeah. a Nordica, right? You can get a shot. You can get a Jamie Walter recommendation. Is it meeting the people? Is it just going out there and doing the work? Like, I, that's the thing that I think is so interesting about this. It's definitely like, a combo of both of those. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've never pitched myself for. I think I've pitched like one project before. People, it's mostly been recommendations of people coming yeah. to you. And the outdoor industry is incredible, like that, like. Yeah, I mean, until this year, I didn't even really know what a pitch deck looked like. Yeah, that's great. It's funny. I just made my first one like six weeks ago. So it's like, yeah. what do you need it for usually, you know? Yeah, I actually, yeah. The first one that like I pitched a project, Steo was doing like an open and I've like talked about doing things with them in the past and they've bought a couple photos here and there on spec, but like I've never done a project with them. And I was like, they're like, we really want a Vermont project. Can you like give us this pitch? Yeah. And I was like, I got to figure out how to do that. Yeah, it's and hard. And I, I even pretty much, like, I was like, if I can come up with a person and, like, like we'll work together and make something out of it. And, like, you just, we got to find a story and all that. And and I was pretty sure that, like, like we had found the story and we knew what we were going to do. But I still had to create the deck. And I was like, I didn't even know how to do that. Mm. And I, I'm sure there's photographers out there that would are doing that, that, doing that every day yeah i don't i don't know they're actively pitching projects yeah Yeah, honestly like i had no idea i forget who drew peterson asked on twitter he was like how do you make a pitch deck that's really good and like somebody sent this like i'll send it to you like because it was like super helpful for me 
makes mine look like fucking a hundred times better than it did at first. It was like a slideshow. I assume people it want it. Like I've got the visual part down. I can make. I'm like, sure. Yeah. I can make any like deck or any like. I mean, that's what I did in college. All yeah. of my business school presentations were sick because they looked great. Yeah. I don't know if the numbers were right. But yeah. like, <laughs> I guess it's just figuring. Out I like leave that up to my other group partners. I don't know. Yeah. So weird. Dealing, yeah, dealing. I mean, I, that's what I think they want to see metrics. Yeah, I would assume most brands want to see like. I don't know. I don't know what's important to anybody anymore. I told yeah. you, like, I'm looking at my like, I'm looking at Instagram engagement as like my second most important metric in a lot of ways, because well, like obviously what the is product, life when it comes down to Instagram? Dude, it's like when Matt, I told you, dude, if the government shuts Instagram down, whereas like a lot of people are gonna be fucking sitting there holding their dick in their hands, like really, because like what are you gonna do? Like if that's your whole deal, it's definitely not my whole deal, but I mean like the engagement that you can talk about where people feel like they know you is really important. It's like having good engagement means people feel like, and that's why people brought you up a bunch is because they're like, oh. I saw Brooke skied this, right? Because you're putting it on your stories. You're putting the POV out there. And that's content that people really and like. And that's way more engaging than any of the photography has ever been. For sure. Like, and especially now, like, I can't imagine, yeah, I can't imagine like posting a photo to Instagram and expecting anybody to care. Yeah, it's weird, yeah. right? Like, it's, it's really like you, bizarre. You post a sick photo that's beautiful. It's yeah. like, it looks great and like it'll get like 12 likes. Yeah, you my get, friend like, Dave's Instagram feed is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so beautiful. His feed <laughs> yeah. looks. Am- it's Dave Trump more photo, right? Yeah. Like, so we can actually give him proper credit. Yeah. But like, it's uh, it's amazing. It it looks great. But I imagine like the engagement is not the same as if like, I don't know, you do some shit post account where they like repost viral content all day. Like that probably is like blowing that shit out of the water, and that's just garbage that somebody else like decided to reshare. Yeah, I mean most. Yeah, I don't make it past stories. I don't, I have a hard time thinking about like posting anything. Yeah, it seems like incredibly insignificant. Yeah, and yeah, it's either like meme pages who are basically like building themselves up by like tearing other people down. Mm-hmm. It's like so much of it. I like some of it's kind of funny, but so much of it is like at the expense of someone else, and it's. It's such a fine line. When you, yeah, like you maybe you laugh at it and then you like sit and think about what what was actually just said and what the person on the other end must yeah think and it's it it's the op like to me creating content is to inspire people mm. and you have a vehicle with photography and stuff like that and like this single moment in time can can transport someone and like through their screen like that's so cool they can look at that and like it triggers all these memories of all these things and we're surrounded by like the clickbaity whatever video that goes viral and it's like it's mind-numbing and it takes you it's like like tiktok it like takes you down this this like vortex and you're just lost in it and you don't even know, like you, you click through it and you're like, two hours later, you're like, you don't remember a single thing that you watched. Totally. No. Oh, a hundred percent. Until it comes up again. And like one of your friends DM'd it to you or something like that. But like, I, yeah. I still like viscerally, viscerally <laughs> remember like photos that I've seen in, yeah. in magazines and like powder totally. covers and. <laughs> yeah 
Dude, it's weird. It's like I I really try to toe that line super hard where it's like if I'm going to make a meme, I do it like once a week only. Like I'll do it on Fridays only and I will try to do it like I don't I never tear anybody down. I just want to like create something that somebody else connects with. Yeah. Right? Where they're like I want to share this because it's how I feel right now. And most of the time they're self-deprecating. Yeah. And I mean, that's some, why it's yeah, funny. Yeah, like exactly. it's like I think it's funny because I'm like It'll be a meme about fucking like climbing to the top of the hill or like that I was like coughing a lung up at the top of the climb. You know, it's like that yeah. kind of thing is funny to me. And, and I it's think great because other people are connecting with And that. they're like, yeah. I too yeah. was doing this, <laughs> yeah, Adam. Yeah. Like me too was doing that. And it, that's interesting to me, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, and then like, I don't know, you get into like the huge long captions about yeah. life and all this stuff. And, and it's, you're like, who's reading it? I don't know. I think for some people it's like, that's their outlet and yeah and for me like i'm bad at talking about myself and i internalize almost everything in my life so like yeah, maybe same. maybe it would be helpful to like write that but like <laughs> then who cares and like i don't know you hear five of your friends being like did you see how heinously long this person's caption was or like yeah think about how like like you see this person who thinks they're like like yeah. so about themselves or like so important and you're like <sighs> it's so hard to know though if somebody's <laughs> posting it for themselves or if they're posting it for yeah clout like that's my thing is like if you're posting it for clout fuck you like that's mm -hmm. how i feel about it a lot of times like if you want to do that and i i guess i shouldn't even say fuck you because like it's not yeah. i don't know like i i i don't like it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it but if you're posting it for yourself and you really just feel that way and you just want to put it out there so the words are on the screen, writing makes people feel better. Yeah. And, like, if you're looking at it like writing, if you're looking at it like writing, I think that's dope. Yeah. If you're looking at it like, <clears throat> I'm cool, look at me, I think that makes you an asshole. Yeah. I don't know. And it's tough because, like, a lot of, you know, there's athletes out there and they're real people and they're trying to make statements about things that are going on in the world and, and they have a platform to do it, and I think that's really cool. But it's also like, yeah, a lot of times it's like, who are you to say? But then, like you know, Brett Reader was sharing a, a photo yesterday that was all over, being shared around by so many of my friends, and it was a photo of like, it was like an hour before sunset, and this horrible red cloud, and like the, yeah. the high beams of his truck, and like talking about like how he just had no interest he's like whatever i do is so insignificant to what's happening like yeah the rest of totally the and Every i was day. like yeah that is your experience and you're living it and uh, like that platform is it's it's cool that that platform is there and hopefully yeah you know his genuine experiences <sighs> yeah it's hard it's hard to find value in anything because like i don't know dude i posted this thing on my own feed it's like people are like trying to leave afghanistan so like yeah. so they're climbing onto the plane and like hoping to hold on to the wings of the plane to get out of the country. Yeah. It's like that kind of shit matters way more than like my stupid interview. I mean, ha half of, yeah, half the other stuff is just like, it's all branded and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all paid and whatever. <laughs> um, all right. The last thing I want to ask you and then we'll get the fuck out of here is magazines and where things are going in that sense and if it matters to you as a photographer at all, right? If because it's important, like the best of the best are in those magazines, the best of the best get shots in those things. But how much does having a shot in a magazine matter anymore? And how much does a magazine period 
matter anymore? Like, do people, do you feel like people pick up a magazine still? Do you feel like they look at it? I, and I'm only asking because I think about this a lot, right? Like I think there's, I think ski media is really important and I think having a magazine is really important, but I think for a lot of years, some of those things have gotten devalued. Like I always think of free skier because we get free skier at the shop. So like we'll get five boxes of free skier buyer's guides. Right. And it's like, they kind of just collect dust. Like we try to give them away to people, but like, I don't know. They're not that excited about it. So is it the magazine that isn't valuable anymore necessarily? And I'm not saying free skiers are valuable. I, I like those guys. I think it's really cool what they're doing. Nobody get mad at me. Okay. <laughs> um, but does the magazine itself matter if it's not creating a con like content that people actually want? Right. Like I think Rogie with mountain Gazette is doing a cool thing. I think Sierra is doing a new thing with, with skiing magazine. It looks like she's kind of changing the format and like things are, this is a very long-winded question, obviously, but like, do you think that it still matters? Because I imagine as a kid, you're like, oh, I'd like to see one of my photos published in a magazine one day. Do you think a 12-year-old kid now is looking at a magazine going, I want to be in there? I mean, you'd hope so in a certain, to a certain extent. You like, hope so, but is that the to case? Me, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't read them really. Yeah. I mean, I know, like I did as a kid, but even when I was like, getting photos in them, I'd pick up all the powders that I was like published in and like I'd subscribe, but I didn't, I didn't go like necessarily read them. I mean, yeah. sometimes I'd, I'd even like read the, like one of the articles that was shared online. Yeah. And it might've been one from print, but I wasn't actively it's just not part of our lifestyle. Yeah. And maybe for some people it is. Yeah. But I'm like, if powder came back like i'd still pour my heart into trying to come up with something compelling yeah. to have printed on those because pages it's valuable to you because yeah and it must be valuable to someone it certainly is like but, i mean like i think it's cool but like i mean in the same vein when like we we're talking about instagram is just it's not a photography platform it's not like a <laughs> is there a photography platform then like is there something that like i mean Everybody was making a big deal on Twitter about, like, they changed the format for photos now, right? So you can post full-size, like, nice-looking photos on Twitter, which seems weird. God forbid I ever have to have a Twitter account. Thank you. Like, that's, like, I agree. Like, I literally, all I do on Twitter is I tweet and I crop it and I put it on Instagram. But it, uh, it, is there a platform for it? Like, do people share shit? People don't go, to, go on Visco. Like, where do people go to see photos? I don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully printed on a wall somewhere. Yeah. That is that really yeah, maybe I, that's but it. That's never know. been in a ski resort. It's never been my thing. Like I've I've never I don't think I've even ever I think I have like maybe one or two landscape photos of mine ever printed. Mm. And so many of my dad's are around my house. And that was so much of his career was was things in print. Like he ran ski racing magazine and uh, when it was like sports file was the agency yeah. run out of right down downtown here um and like that was everything because it wasn't a photo wasn't anything until it was printed mm. it it was a negative or or maybe like a a transparency like a four by five film slide thing um 
and we have boxes of those at my house still and they're incredible to look through and and when they are printed it's it's so cool yeah um and i i think that's like at some point something will go a little bit back towards that yeah at some point people are gonna get so brainwashed by all this shit everybody's gonna get so burnt on their phone i don't yeah i don't pick up my like there's like i don't get a reaction when i like scroll through instagram it doesn't cause like a an external reaction to me yeah and some points it's like sometimes you get like a thing that you're shared and you're like wow that was incredible but like yeah yeah, there's a need for that experience, and and the same way that like getting out into the outdoors creates that. Like I think a photo printed on a wall will, will make you like, stop for more than three seconds. Yeah, and look at it. Yeah. But, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to say. Go outside, do things, do real shit. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, Brooks, where can people find you on the internet? Um, where can people find you? Like, if you have a website, contact info. How do people get at you if they want to find your shit? If they want to hire you to do real work, uh, how do they get to you? Uh, it's just my first and last name on at gmail.com. Gmail, yeah. <laughs> <Dot> com. <laughs> <laughs> at Brooks Curran, all that. Beautiful. Uh, cornered my name. <laughs> Amazing. Um, thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. That was our episode of Brooks Curran. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Um, once again, check him out on Instagram at Brooks Curran. Um, thank you to Fisher Skis for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Always go to fishersports.com and check out some of the new product that is out there. Um, you'll be hearing a lot more from me soon about the new boots. Um, and uh, Pink Ski Gang will come back alive. Um, also, thank you to our friends at Blizz Eyewear. Blizz has been great to us, so I hope they are great to you. Um, you can hit them up at www.enjoywinter.com and use promo code Out of Bounds to save thirty percent off. O is capital. O is capital. B is capital. Out of Bounds. Got it. Cool. Talk to you guys next week with Nicole Handel. Cool. Bye. <laughs>